It's time now for the complete story of public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, you know, Rich, uh, if this isn't the season of confusion in America, I don't know what, what would be. How could we think of it otherwise? Oh, well, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus and... Get your answers from the Bible. Well, yes, that's for sure. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Get your answers from the Bible. But for goodness sake, don't don't take a pass. Get involved. Speak out. Uh, I heard an old saying years and years ago that the world is made up of three types of people. Are you ready? Uh, one type is those who just sit and wonder what happened <laughs> and those who watch things happen now, it's good to be informed. For goodness sake, don't be illiterate and, and sit around and wonder what happened. Um, and then those who watch things happen. But the other one was those who make things happen. That's the kind of person I've always wanted to be all my life. For those things that are right. All right. Now, here we are in the season of politics. Who's going to be elected in the next president? Who's going to be elected to this office or that office? Or who's going to be a Democrat? Who's going to be a Republican? On and on and on. I tell you what, folks. Nothing is new. There was a man, Congressman Henry Hyde. I met him. And he was able to stand alone in the House of Representatives when the need required it for the most innocent among us. I want you to hear what Henry Hyde said about the issue of life. Here it is. What do we mean by human dignity if we subject innocent children to brutal execution when they're almost born? We all hope and pray for death with dignity. Tell me what's dignified about a death caused by having a scissor stabbed into your neck so your brains can be sucked out. Yeah. And I tell you what, that, that's the debate today is the woman's right to choose whether she kills that baby through chemicals or pharmaceutical products or whatever it may be, whether she kills the baby or not. And whether society thinks it's fine, whatever she chooses is good for me. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, so on and so forth. And that's that's where we are. You're right. And I find it atrocious that the Democrats now are bragging how they're going to win an election because they are for abortion. Where they used gonna... to at least try to say, well, we want it to be safe, legal, and rare. Uh, but now they're not saying that anymore. No. They want it legal up to and including the moment of delivery. Yeah. And in some cases, even after that. Yeah. All right. Now, listen, folks, I want you to hear from Bishop Patrick Wooden uh, from Raleigh in North Carolina. Church of God in Christ. Well, Church of God in Christ in North Carolina. Now, this is what, this is what Bishop Wooden uh, said. Here it is. I don't understand how any person of color can have that John Hancock affixed to a political party that has in its party platform the support of an organization that supports a procedure that has wiped out 46% of African-Americans since 1973. 
How can you do that and then turn around and call yourself woke? Oh, no. Oh, no. You're not woke. You're asleep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. right. I, you know, as I have been watching this, Rich, as I have been watching this, the media, of course, nobody has to wonder where the media is, but people are bragging because they're the candidate of choice. But they don't really go on to say choice for what? Yeah. What uh, kind when of you, choice? Well, absolutely. And uh, so the schools, let's face it, folks, if your youngster is going to a public school, they are getting Planned Parenthood's message. And they are getting saturated with that. Now, we just also celebrated Martin Luther King recently, didn't we? Mm-hmm, this past month. And uh, Martin Luther King's niece, the daughter of his brother, is Dr. Elvita King. And she's been a friend of ours for so many years. And Alveda King had this to say. Abortion, like slavery, is a crime against humanity. So we know that slavery is a sin, slavery is wrong, sex trafficking, for example. But somehow, uh, the script was flipped. And so it became a civil right to abort a child. It became a woman's reproductive right. But nobody really examined the motives behind it because the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, said that colored people are like weeds. They need to be exterminated. Let's not let the word get out. So they came up with a plan to sell an idea to women, and black women especially, that it was a reproductive right to decide whether you would birth a child or not. My uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., in a Christmas sermon said, when you value the human personality, you won't kill anybody. And uh, I first heard that read by Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life, and he uses that all the time. And my uncle really cared about every human being. We must recognize that abortion is a sin. It is a crime against humanity. Congress needs to acknowledge that that's not just a lump of flesh in the womb. That's not just a blob of tissue in the womb. That's a human being. And so that's an innocent human being. And if the child was conceived in America and being born in America, an innocent American whose rights are being violated. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and we're not talking about people coming across the border in Texas that are illegal and wanting to come across the border without doing what is required legally. We're not talking about that, are we? No. We're talking about a precious little baby from the moment of conception that is its own developing person. Let me say that a little more clearly. Uh, from the moment of conception, between the sperm and the egg, bingo. From the moment of conception, a human being then does exist. Isn't it interesting? And that? it will go through various stages. Of development it will be developing a five-year-old is still developing folks let's figure that out a 10-year-old is developing a 15-year-old may think he knows it all but he's still developing and so this little this little person in the womb goes through a period of development which nature itself and the Lord from the beginning of time has provided for that development 
I was just going to say, isn't it wonderful how the very first acknowledgement of Jesus coming into the world is John the Baptist, while they both, John the Baptist and Jesus, were still in the womb? Yes. Well, you know, one of my best friends over the many, many years was Dr. Adrian Rogers Mm -hmm. of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, by the way, um, Dr. Steve Gaines uh, replaced Dr. Rogers when he when Dr. Rogers passed away, but Steve At Gaines, church. Steve Gaines has a very serious health situation right now. We want to pray for him. We want to pray for him. I'm going to ask our Memphis listeners and everyone else to pray for Dr. Steve Gaines during this time of genuine health uh, uncertainty for sure. But here's Dr. Rogers. Now, let me tell you, folks, he understood it. I admired him so much because he covered the waterfront. When Dr. Rogers was alive, he didn't leave anything out of what he let his people know where he stood on an important subject. Here it is. The title of the message today is Innocent Blood. Innocent Blood. And I want you to read with me Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16 and following. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, and feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Now I want you to go to the latter part of the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, if you would please, and read a corresponding passage. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 11 and 12. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul Doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? I want to speak to you today on the tragic, horrendous, pathetic, grisly abortion business. Hands that shed innocent blood. Here's the diary of a little girl. October the 5th, dear diary, today my life began. My parents do not know it yet. I am so small, I'm as small as the pollen of a flower. But it is I already. I will be a girl. I will have blonde hair and blue eyes. Nearly everything is settled already, even that I shall love flowers. October 19th, I have grown a little. But I'm still too small to do anything by myself. My mother does almost everything for me. Though she still does not know it, she is carrying me under her heart. She does not know that she is already helping me and that she is even feeding me with her own blood. She is so good. But is it true that I'm not yet a real person? That only my mother exists? I am a real person. Just as a small crumb of bread is still real bread, my mother is, and I am. October 23, 
My mouth is just now beginning to open. Just think, in a year or two, I'll be laughing, and I will start to talk. My first word will be mama. October 25, today my heart began to beat. It will beat softly for the rest of my life, never stopping. After many years, it will tire. Then it will stop, and I shall die. November 2, I'm growing continually. My arms and legs are taking shape, but I must wait a long time before those tiny legs will raise me to my mother's arms, and before those little arms will be able to conquer the earth and befriend people. November the 12th, my fingers are beginning to form on my hand. How small they are. One day I will stroke my mother's hair with them. I shall take her hair in my mouth and she'll say, oh, nasty. November 20th, only today that doctor told my mother that I'm living here under her heart. How happy she must be. Are you happy, mother? November 25, my mother and father are probably thinking about a name for me. They don't even know that I'm a little girl, so they're probably calling me Andy. But I want to be called Barbara. I am growing so big. December the 10th, my hair is growing. It is as bright and shiny as the sun. I wonder what kind of hair my mother has. December the 12th. I'm almost able to see, though it's night all around me. When Mother brings me into the world, it will be full of sunshine and overflowing with flowers. I've never seen a flower, you know. But more than anything, I want to see my mother. How do you look, Mom? December the 24th. I wonder if my mother hears the delicate beat of my heart. Some children are born with sickly hearts, and then the gentle finger of the doctor performs miracles to make them healthy. But my heart is healthy. It beats so evenly. Tup, 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 tup. You shall have a healthy little daughter, Mom. December 28th. Today, my mother killed me. A diary of a preborn child. Today, every day in the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, innocent babies will be slain. These little babies will not have a chance to have a trial to see whether they should have capital punishment performed upon them. There will be no jury. They will not have a counselor, a lawyer to argue their case. They will be executed in a cruel and inhumane way. January the 22nd, 1973, nine men robed in black issued a decree that it is now legal to kill a baby. Only three requirements. Number one, the baby still lives inside its mother's body. Number two, the mother wants the baby killed. Number three, a doctor is willing to do the killing. Those are the three requirements. To kill a baby. To legally kill, kill a baby. The baby lives inside the mother. The mother wants the baby killed, and a doctor is willing to do the killing. Did you know that in the United States of America, it is now legal to take the life of a baby even while the mother is in labor? Hmm? In these so-called God-blessed states of ours. Now, Here's what the Supreme Court said 
in Roe versus Wade, January 22. A state is forbidden to proscribe. Now the word uh, proscribe means to forbid abortion at any time prior to birth. Now notice this. Some people don't realize what that law said. At any time prior to birth, if in the opinion of one licensed physician, an abortion is necessary to preserve the life or health of the mother. Now, very few people would argue with saving the life of the mother, but what do they mean by the health of the mother? That is a term that has become so broad as to become practically meaningless. Here is, here's the court's own definition of health. It means, and I quote, the medical judgment may be exercised in the light of all factors, physical, emotional, psychological, familial, and the woman's age relevant to the well-being of the patient. All these factors may relate to health. And so it, it, it means this, that uh, if, if uh, having a baby would force a distressful life and future on a woman, she may kill her baby. If it is determined that it would produce psychological harm to her, she may have her baby killed. If it would tax the mental and physical health of the mother by the child care that would be necessary to take care of the baby after the baby comes, she may kill the baby. Uh, you may kill the baby if there is distress associated with the unwanted child. That is, you don't want a child. That just distresses you. Oh, we're going to have a child. We didn't want one. I went to Washington one time to testify before a Senate committee on abortion. They had me there because I was the past president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And as I went outside in the hallway, I was accosted by a young woman. I shall not call her a lady. And she was also a lawyer. And she was also a, quote, pro-choice, end of quote, advocate. And she looked at me and she said, Sir, Mr. Rogers, you just don't understand how traumatic it is for a woman to have an unwanted pregnancy. I said, now let me see if I can get your line of reason. What you're saying is that people who traumatize other people ought to be eliminated, exterminated. Is that right? Because right now you're traumatizing me. And I said, is it your philosophy that if one person traumatizes another person, then the person who's being traumatized ought to eliminate the other person? I said, suppose I jump on you right now and put my thumbs in your throat and throttle you. She looked at me up and down. I said, at least you could run. At least you could cry out for help. I said, who can a little baby go to? A little baby can't even run. I'm sure she went off and told everybody that Baptist preacher threatened to strangle me. <laughs> if it causes a trauma, then the child may be put to death. Or if there will be the continuing difficulties and stigma of unwed motherhood. That is, if, if it's just not socially acceptable to have this baby, then you may put the baby to death. They don't want you to believe that's human life. I want to ask you a question. Is it a lie? Well, you say yes. What kind of life is it? Animal life? What kind of life is it? Vegetable life? That, my friend, is human life. It's not a part of the mother's body. It is a new life. It is totally different from the mother. And that life is from God. Turn left. You're in Proverbs 6, turn left, if you will, to Psalm 139.
Look with me in verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb, me in my mother's womb, me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. Dear friend, uh, God knows the baby in the womb. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower, lowest parts of the earth, mine eyes, thine eyes did see my substance. Yet being unperfect, God sees the embryo as it develops. And in thy book were all my members, in, in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! Do you know what that passage tells us, ladies and gentlemen? It tells us that when a woman is pregnant, that God is forming a child within that woman. And it tells us that that is both wonderful and a fearful thing. It also tells us that that pre-born life, that child is the object of the father's love and affection. How wonderful are God's thoughts toward that pre-born child. Now, when does life begin? Who's going to settle it? God. God who made us all. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. Listen to what God said to Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Do you know when Jeremiah was ordained to be a prophet? In his mother's womb. I sanctified you even before you came into your mother's womb. I ordained you. Do you know who's, who Jeremiah's mother was carrying around? A, a fetus? An embryo? A prophet. A prophet of God was in this, had, had that baby been aborted, someone would have killed a prophet of God. That's what the Bible says. Let me tell you something. Jesus was being carried in the womb of Mary. John the Baptist was being carried in the womb of Elizabeth. And by the way, by today's standards, you would think that Mary would have had an abortion. After all, uh, the... Uh, the baby that she had was bringing shame. I mean, after all, she was very young. I mean, after all, she was impoverished. Today, she'd have been a good candidate for an abortion. But she had within her womb our Lord. And in the womb of Elizabeth was John the Baptist. Luke 1, verse 41 records it. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I am telling you that John the Baptist, in the presence of his Lord, even in his mother's womb, leaped with joy. Are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me that was not a child, not a human being, not made in the image of God, that that's a mass of protoplasm, that it's all right to take a little baby that can leap with joy in the presence of the Lord Jesus and put it to death? No. Tell you no. By the way, if this, if you don't like what I preach today, you come tell me and I'll think about preaching again next Sunday. 
The one voice that ought to speak has been primarily silent. The government, Hollywood, the social engineers, the atheists, the humanists, they've all been speaking. It's time for God's people to speak. We need to speak out clearly. Isaiah 51, 58, verse 1, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Israel their sins. We need to speak with a voice of a trumpet. No stutter, no stammer, no apology, and no fear, not let up, back up, or shut up until we're taken up. Tell you what else we need to do. We need to learn to forget our self-righteousness and have more compassion upon an unwed mother and to show them love and compassion and understanding so many times we are driving them right into the arms of the abortions. We need with love to give them some understanding and to pray for them. Now listen, do not be swayed by their high sounding arguments. The liberals, the humanists, the social planners and the experts don't let them sway you. Let me give you a verse. Write it down. It is Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Ladies and gentlemen, it's wrong to kill babies. Wrong. I don't care how much rhetoric you drape over it. It is wrong, wrong, wrong before God. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Hands that shed innocent blood. The last thing we must do, we must pray to God that he'll have mercy upon us and give us space to repent. I tell you, I'm not nearly so much afraid of what the communists are going to do to us as I am what God is going to do to us in this country of ours. We better get right with God. But I'll tell you, I thank God. I thank God that the Bible still teaches in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 of my people who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and hallelujah, I will heal their land. I'm living for that day when we have a revival of righteousness in America and I want to believe it's coming. That God, 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 not any preacher, not any president, but God is going to do something in America. Lord, haste that day. Don't you long for a burning, sweeping, glorious revival to blow across America. Oh, for God to do something. God is our only hope, but God is our biggest threat if we don't get right with Him. Well, Rich, uh, we, we are way over time, man. But I'll tell you what, Dr. Adrian Rogers, he knows how to speak truth out of the Bible, doesn't he? Absolutely. What is the phone number? Yeah, our listener comment line, 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. This is Dick Bott with his chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich, and we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> 